like Will. So, episode nine. This is a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, episode nine and three quarters is what you wanted to call it. And episode I'm, nine and three quarters. I'm okay with that. It's not a science joke, but it's a literary joke and yeah. I, I like it. So, let's jump right into it. This one comes from our dear friends at the ABC, friends of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. Uh, do you know anyone at the ABC? <laughs> I listen to it all the time, I, I, I feel like I yeah. know them. I feel like I know Julia Zemiro yeah. on a personal level. I feel like I know Dr. Carl on a personal Absolutely. level. Absolutely. And um, who else do we know? Wendy Harmer on ABC 702. Anyway. Anyway. From the ABC, tell me all about it. What's happened? Okay, so last week um, there was, um, if you've been watching the Stargazing Live, which has been hosted by Julia Zemiro and Professor Brian Cox, mm -hmm. who's one of my heroes. Um, if you've been watching that, you might have seen that we hosted a massive stargazing attempt at the world record last mm -hmm. week. I'm pretty sure this was on was it Wednesday or Thursday? It was the 23rd. I think it was Wednesday off the top of my head. Okay, okay. fantastic. Yep. So there was star parties. So people recording their um, this is that's not right. It's not recording. There was people in over 250 locations Oof. around Australia. And there was actually people in all these star parties looking through telescopes, stargazing at the same time. And the idea was to try and beat the old world record for the most number of people stargazing mm -hmm. all at once. And the previous record was? It was around 7,900. So let's okay. say around 8,000. Let's 8, say 8,000. Yep. Around 8,000. Um, and that was set in 2015, also mm -hmm. in Australia. Um, but actually, Ooh. they're still kind of counting up now, but it looks like there's over 40,000 people. Wow. So, smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. So, that's yeah. five times as many people doing it this time. Yeah. So, a lot, which is fantastic. Nice so, there was these parties all over the place. We actually realized later on we should have hosted one here. I can't believe we didn't. I know. <laughs> to be honest, because um, here at Physics Education, we own how many telescopes? Eight? Eight telescopes? I think we've got eight telescopes. Yeah. They're sort of... Um, I describe them as telescopes for young scientists. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're not those whiz bang massive ones used for looking at constellations and supernovae. No, but they're still pretty. Anything. They're pretty but good. They're, they're yeah. pretty good. I've used one once. Yeah. Um, attempted to look at the sun. That wasn't a very good idea. Anyway, so <laughs> for those of you who can't see, I've got my head in my hands yeah. and I'm shaking my head. Don't, Don't do ever that. Do by that. Way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A little thing I like to call a joke. Don't That's do that. That's a joke. He wouldn't really do that. No. So. We have set the world record. We smashed the previous one. Mm -hmm. I think they're still bringing in the final numbers, but regardless, we've completely smashed the old record. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah, this is fantastic. So, there was people, there was families, lots of people out together um, on lawns and at universities, at schools all over Australia, stargazing at the same time. And what's so great about this is um, just getting out there and enjoying science with your family but also like hopefully a lot of the kids that might have participated maybe you participated maybe you and your family yeah. got involved if you did let yeah. us know what yeah, was it like know. where did you go first of all mm. and what did you see when you start got yeah, star what did you see? gazed at the moon maybe some stars mm -hmm. perhaps a planet i'd be really yeah. great to know yes i want to know what you looked at because have you ever looked at anything like jupiter or saturn through a telescope i've never looked through a telescope i know whatever no, I've never had one. Oh my god. I know. Well, we need to go... Like, telescoping. We need to go telescoping somewhere. <laughs> we do. In fact, I have plans to take one with me when I'm going on holidays next week. There you week. go. Yes, yes, that's what I did. Yes. I actually do. Exactly. <laughs> just quietly. Don't tell the bosses, but I just took one of our yeah, telescopes. We're pretty lucky. We've got a big warehouse filled with science stuff here. Mm. So, the great thing about this is hopefully a lot of kids 
got out there, tried mm -hmm. it, loved it, and they might be our Brian Coxes of the of future. Of the future, yeah. yeah. Well, get in line, because mm. that'll be me. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, um, but yeah, hopefully, I think that'll be great if people sort of got inspired to learn so. more about space and the, the universe that we live in and Absolutely. our Milky Way galaxy and all that sort of stuff. What's so, going on? So yeah. actually, this Stargazing Live is a really, really interesting show. They're doing lots of cool things. Not only are they helping to set this world record, they're also doing um, stuff where they're getting citizen scientists, so it could be you, could be me, could be anyone, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. looking at stars. Yep. And what they're doing is trying to help get people to help spot supernovas. Wow. So a supernova is basically um, a big burst of light when we have a star pretty much dying. So when it reaches the end of light, it gives off a big burst of light. And um, when it's reached that end of its life, we finally see this light a long time later. So it's obviously scientists can't be looking at everything. So yep. if we can get citizen scientists to help and help spot these supernovas, we can actually get a lot of information from supernovas mm. about what's going on in space and all sorts of other things. So since the Stargazing Live has been running, there's been two confirmed supernovas. Amazing. And they're really, like, they're really quite rare. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's a star dying it's, and it's millions of years away. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. You know, I heard of a similar thing, which was a sort of crowdsourced mm -hmm. version of that, which was, I can't remember exactly how it worked, but the scientists had taken sort of like millions and millions of photos through a telescope. And obviously that's a huge amount of data. So they didn't have, they didn't have the ability to sort through it. Oh, so yes. they, they crowdsourced and crowdsourcing for those who aren't aware basically means you're using the wisdom of the crowd, which is like a large number of people, yeah, just any um, people. To, to sift through this data. So people would look at these photos and say, is there anything interesting in, in this? Yeah. And they'd say yes. And then they'd send that off to the scientists. That's the right. scientists would say, yes, you found something there. So yeah. I think they discovered new planets and stars. Fantastic. In that thing. And that's a great way for people to get involved. If you might want to get involved with your family, you mm -hmm. might look up if there's any citizen science stuff you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a few labs out there that allow you to do that sort yeah. of thing. I think you have to be a little bit older to do that, but yeah. absolutely. That'd be really, really exciting. It would be very exciting. Yeah. So congratulations to everyone that was involved in the world record. Yeah. Yay. That's pretty exciting. I'm a bit disappointed that people weren't involved. I know. But next yeah. year. Next year. Next year. Yeah, we'll see. I think we'll try and get, try and get something going. Or next like, time it's on. Maybe maybe forty million instead of four hundred forty thousand. Yeah, let's okay. <laughs> Lofty ambitions. I like More that. More than that's in Australia. <laughs> forty million people. Um, okay. Also, if you haven't ever done this before, I would highly advise going traveling out into the country somewhere, like the Blue Mountains or something mm -hmm. like that, away from all the light pollution and going stargazing with or without a telescope. Because yeah, when right. you see the Milky Way with your own two eyes. It is amazing. It is amazing. It is properly amazing. So if you've never had the chance to do that before, if you're a, you know, a city dweller like we are, mm. well, like I am, because Quill's from out the outback <laughs> of, of Wollongong, um, <laughs> then definitely, definitely do it because it's beautiful. Yes, absolutely beautiful. It absolutely is. So there we go. All right. So Quill, you have another one. For us, another very exciting local science story. This is a bit of a local one. So, so the stargazing that was a universal one, <laughs> but this mm. one is about the Janolan Caves. So, have you ever been to the Janolan Caves, Duncan? I have been to the Janolan Caves, Quill, some years ago. I haven't. Oh my god! I know. I didn't grow up around here, so <laughs> yeah. uh, it's on my to-do list, and I'm going to do it very soon. Um, so, the Janolan Caves is a beautiful set of um, of caves. They uh, is located in the Blue Mountains near the Blue Mountains, mm -hmm. and the Janolan Caves is one of the biggest cave systems in Australia, mm -hmm. but it's a little bit, it's a bit worn down. Like it was, it was set up 
a while ago. Yes, and it was. what's a bit sad is that not so much the caves worn down, but just the way we can get in the access and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So there's been an $8.5 million boost in funding for the General Island Caves. You beaut. And that's from the New South Wales government. Yep. And this is going to be to help um, improve all that infrastructure. So make better walkways, have better access for everyone, improve the cafes and accommodation and all that mm. kind of stuff so mm. that you can actually get in and look around in the caves and yeah. everyone can go down there. Cool. So this is fantastic because it's such a great thing. So the caves um, are apparently, I have, can't believe I haven't been there, apparently <laughs> absolutely stunning. You might be able to they get are fantastic. on this yes. one. Quite grand. Yeah, yep. fantastic. So I have been to other caves um, up north where I grew up and also over in Western Australia, but I haven't been to the Janolan Caves yet. Um, so these ones are pure under have lots of pure underground rivers and they've got limestone crystal formations. So this one particularly is um, what's called a cast landform. Mm. Right? And that's basically when the rock in the cave gets dissolved by water. Oh right, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so this happens when you have got a limestone area. Right. So the limestone is quite soft. It can be dissolved if you've got especially a little bit of carbon dioxide dissolved into your water mm. and it is able to dissolve that limestone away. So it's soluble in water. Yeah. Okay, so we all know, can you remember what's the difference between a stalagmite and a stalactite? Because this always used to confuse me okay. when I was a kid. You've got some nerdy uh, poem for this or something, don't it's you? It's not nerdy, it's dumb. Would you like to hear it? Nerdy is awesome, but yes. Yes, okay. This one goes, <laughs> stalactite, hold on tight, stalagmite, might poke you in the bum. <laughs> it's pretty good, right? <laughs> I learned that from Tenacious D, except they didn't use the word bum. <laughs> Do you have one? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. We've lost Quill. No, I'm lost. <laughs> um, mine was a bit simpler than that. It was just that mites live on the ground. Oh, wow. So the mites live on the ground, so that and then the stalic mites are the ones that come from up. Up from, from the ground, yeah. and the stalactites tights are the ones that come from the roof. But I like yours too. I like mine better. <laughs> <laughs> Just between you and me and the listeners. Yeah. So that's a good way you can remember them. And what they actually are are the formations that, so obviously the stalactites tights are the ones that grow downwards from the cave roof. Mm -hmm. And these often start as what's called a, a straw. So a straw is basically when that um, dripping, um, carbonated water is coming through the limestone and it's dripping down and it's got lots of minerals and oh. stuff in it. So as it drips down, it can solidify and we get these kind of um, calcite crystals forming. So you get this, what looks like a, kind of like a straw. So that's what we have straws and they're kind of the starting point and then stalactites will then keep growing downwards from a starting straw and they'll get thicker and thicker and that's our stalactites. Right. And the stalagmites um, are what we call a solid dripstone and these grow upwards from the cave floor, obviously. That's okay. why they might poke you in the bottom. Yep. Um, or they might be where the mites live on the ground. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so they come from when the, when the water drips from overhead and starts to form from below. So it's in, in a position where it's always getting dripped from below. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's pretty interesting. You can also get columns and pillars. And this is basically when you go to stalagmite and a stalactite growing in the same spot and eventually oh, they, they join, join. Yeah. Right. And if that happens, would they just get thicker and thicker over time? Is that sort of how that yeah, would work? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah. Which is pretty cool. That sounds right to me. So apparently, mm -hmm. with all these improvements, it'll be much easier for young people, old people, everyone to access because we'll have better walkways and everything like that. Yeah. So that'd be great. Last time I went a couple of years ago, I do remember there was a huge set of stairs yeah. to the sort of thing where, you know, 
I am a young man and I am fairly fit. And even I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Exhausted. So, so that's all right. A bit of a walk in. Make sure you wear your sensible shoes. But hopefully all of that will be a bit easier. So yeah. everyone can go. The whole family can get along and check it out. Yeah, I would definitely advise it. It is properly beautiful yeah i'm so i'm actually going to blue mountains next week so you go? i'm hoping to go yeah, nice so that's on the plan cool you'll get yeah. to see it before they do the upgrade and then and then after that's probably okay. in a couple of years when they do it yeah um I, i'm just i've just read here that the um Janolan cave complex is actually still being explored yeah so it's, it's massive so the bits that, i know that the bits that they currently already show yep. to people to come and check out is only a small amount of what's actually there like even what we see which is a huge amount of awesome caves mm -hmm. is they already know that there's heaps of other ones, but that you can't get into all of those as, as a normal person. You need to be a special scientist. Yeah. Or, you know, getting into caves can be tricky if they're the further ones that only have small entrances and stuff. So there's a huge amount there, but I didn't realize they were still exploring them. It's, it's pretty amazing mm -hmm. how these underground kind of cave systems and stuff all work. It's also one of the oldest um, tourist destinations in Australia. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's been actually been sort of open as a tourist destination since about the eight. I think it was eighteen fifty nine. Wow. If I remember correctly, around around then, and then in eighteen sixty six, it came under the control of the New South Wales government. Mm -hmm. They basically said, "Look, we're having that, and we're going to use it as a tourist destination." Which is, I mean, it's good because they yeah. have been looking after it for yeah. quite a long time. Fantastic. Um, also, just on that, they it says here that it was discovered nine thousand years ago. Mm. Right, so that's way before, say, Captain Cook and the first. Yeah, fleet so way got before here. White Settlement. Way before White Settlement yeah. got here. So obviously, I was. In, I believe I read some. There's some notes on the Janolan Caves mm. um, about it's got a lot of really important Indigenous significance yeah. for people of that area. The Gundungurra and Wiradjuri people. Fantastic. Yeah. So there we go. Awesome. Three hundred entrances. Uh, yeah, we could note out about this all day. Anyway. Let's move on, shall we? Yeah, but if you get a chance, maybe go check out the cave sometime. Go check it's it out. Absolutely amazing. And the things that are naturally made and, you know, just these cool formations that we have are really awesome and worth checking out. Mm. Okay, are you ready, Duncan? Well, it's fact of the week time. It is fact of the week time. Fact of the week. <laughs> Probably shouldn't finish that because it's copyright or something. Anyway. <laughs> Would you like to do the fact of the week? This is your fact of the week after it is. all. It's a good one. It's a good one. I like and, it a lot. And this one came from watching someone yesterday. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anyone at work. Okay. It was, good it to was know. a kid. You know. All right. And yep. this is, so this is fact of the week. You know what? It's first day of winter. It's getting cold. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? What does it mean, Quill? It means sniffles. Yes, it does. It means cold. It means runny noses. We've had a little bit of this ourselves, haven't we? It does, yeah. because it means um, germs. Mm -hmm. All right, so here's an interesting fact for you. Hit me. A sneeze can travel at 160 kilometers an hour. Good Lord. I know. That's far. I've never gone that fast. No, maybe in a plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> but so like, if you sneeze in a plane, how fast would the sneeze be going down? It's, mm. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's a <laughs> sneeze. <laughs> there it is. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> according to a study at MIT, which is a really awesome uni in in, in America. Yep, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Right, they do a lot of great science. They certainly do. Um, not only does this knees travel 160 kilometers an hour, mm -hmm. it can also land or be spread uh -huh. over 320 kilometers away. Oh my God. That okay. is, how far away is that from where we are? Let's so say from here to Canberra. Yeah. Wow. So, so moral of the story, cover your sneezes. <laughs> yes, or else seriously. you're infecting everyone from here to yeah, Canberra. Yeah, don't go. That's amazing. 
apparently the, the, the current wisdom around sneezing is just sneeze into your sleeve. Into your, into your, into your elbow. elbow. Yeah. That's the one. Exactly. They used to say don't do that, but now they say do do that. Yeah. Sneeze into your sleeve or into your elbow. So there you go, kids. Because you don't want it to spread to anyone else. You don't do it on your hands because then you've got icky, germy hands. Yes. But in your elbow nook, you don't really use your elbow for much. No, you don't really. Oh. I can't think of anything. Like Did you also before. know? What? You can't keep your eyes open when you sneeze. Oh, I bet you can. No, you can't. It's I impossible. That's a fact. It's fact on. number two of the week. Let's go outside and look at the sun for a sec and see if we can see if we can try it. We'll be right back. You can't. Slam door. Future <laughs> Duncan yeah. sneezing yeah, in exactly. the sun. I'll, I'll report that. All right, now yeah. Duncan, I feel like you need to have a story today. <clears throat> But All I right, did the space so one. Story so three. Have you got anything left to say? Uh, no. Because I talked about space, so. No. What? What do you mean? I'm just joking because you always <laughs> do a space story. Well, you know, we've got to switch it up every now and then. Okay. All you, right. I can't have all the space stories. Okay. I want you to enjoy space just as right. much as I do. Hit me. Okay. What have you got? So. This one comes from our friends at the Smithsonian Magazine, Ooh. which is in the America. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they have basically said that researchers have discovered that some dinosaurs had some skin flakes on them, okay? This mm -hmm. is from about 125 million years ago, okay? Yeah. Skin flakes. And they went, what is that? Now, we know now that some dinosaurs have feathers or had feathers, mm -hmm. I should say. And they basically discovered that in, um, in these feathered dinosaurs, they would find these weird skin flakes in between the feathers. And they okay. found this out using something called electron microscopy. Very oh, cool. I'm going to try that again. Electron microscopy, mm -hmm. okay, which is just another fancy type of microscopes. Yeah. It is. And some chemical analysis. Mm -hmm. And so the dinosaurs that they looked at include ones called Microraptor. Cool. Which is assuming that's kind of like a velociraptor, just smaller. Smaller. I'm Micro. Yep. Yeah. And some other ones, but they have complicated names, so I'm not going to try and pronounce them. Anyway, now, when you said skin flakes. Yes. So, what, what happened was, they found these skin flakes Ew. on these dinosaurs. They, they were finding these, like, little white blobs Ew. in between all the feathers in mm -hmm. these fossils, okay? And they were, they were thinking, what is this? Is it, like, a fragment of some type of shell? Yep. Or is it some type of, like, dinosaur skin? But knowing what they know about dinosaur skin and how it works, it wasn't... It didn't match up with what they know about that at all. Okay. Turns out it was dandruff. Dino dandruff. <laughs> no way. It's fantastic. Right. So, so dinosaurs have dandruff. Yeah. And that makes me feel so much better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we all get a little bit of dandruff every Look, now Everyone and then. gets a bit dry. Yep. Exactly. You've got okay. to moisturize and whatever, but that's... And you know what? There wasn't moisturizers back then. No, they just had to put up with it. No, no special shampoo to exactly. get rid of your dandruff. Poor no old dinos. No head and shoulders back then. Yep. So, in, okay. um, in birds and dinosaurs and humans, there, there's these cells called corneocytes. Okay, that's mm -hmm. what dandruff is actually made of. Mm. Now, in birds, those corneocytes are fatty, okay? Yeah. And there's this thing called keratin, okay. right? Which is kind of, kind of like another type of skin cell. Yeah, sort of what makes up our hair, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the keratin is loosely packed, which allows the birds to kind of shed the dandruff, but also stay cool while doing what the Smithsonian describes as any energy intensive activities like flying, which right. I assume would probably be quite energy intensive. Because you don't want to overheat while you're shedding dandruff and flying through the air. <laughs> you just imagine flying through and there's all these white powder just dropping off. Great. Yeah. So these fossils that they found basically suggest that the corneocytes from dinosaurs were more densely packed with this stuff called keratin. Okay. There wasn't any fat in them 
at all, which means they pretty much didn't fly, as far as we can tell, or not as much as birds do. Mm -hmm. But they're also that their body temperature was probably lower than birds now, okay, modern okay. birds. So that basically falls right into what we know about those dinosaurs, and yep. they were sort of halfway between a reptile, like mm -hmm. say a crocodile type mm -hmm. thing, and a modern warm-blooded bird like yeah. a chicken, yep. something like that. Absolutely. Cool. So, and pretty gross. Cool. And yeah, <laughs> absolutely gross, but <laughs> kind of amazing. Dino dandruff. Excellent. Um, so yeah, but I think it's just amazing as well that dinosaurs had, had feathers. They don't actually know why they had feathers, by the way. There's like a couple of different theories floating around, mm. but not you know, being, being able to fly is not actually really one mm. of them. So. They think that feathers evolved first and then flying after that, yeah, wow. which is bananas. Absolutely bananas. That's crazy. Maybe so there you go. It's time to fly. Better grow some feathers. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Or maybe humans in the future will I wouldn't, feathers. Look, I wouldn't mind some feathers. I think it'd be great. Yeah, sign me up for that, please. Yeah, much easier than getting stuck in traffic. Beta test that. Fly to work. For sure. What time is it now, Quill? Oh, it's time for the mystery dance. No, it's not. It's time for Secret Sound. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is time for the Secret Sound. Now, let's talk about Secret Sound because I think it was two weeks ago now, mm -hmm. we introduced the, the, the segment Secret Sound yep. of the week. And we had some submissions. We did. And did anyone get it right? No, no. unfortunately. <laughs> now, look, we realised we it got a bit carried a, away. It was kind of a tough one. We started with probably the most difficult sound we have. Yeah. 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 We wanted we wanted to challenge the listeners. But we went a bit overboard. Yeah. So we apologise for that. And we are going to do another secret sound today. Well, should we tell them what the previous one was? Oh, yeah. Let's do yeah. that. Let's just do a little bit of a hint first. Yeah. And then see if you can get it. And then we'll tell you. So the hint that I would like to say is mm -hmm. thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening. Me. That was what I was going to say. Now I don't have a clue. <laughs> that was my clue. I already told you I was going to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you remember the sound, it did sound... Uh, you know what you should do? Do you want to go grab it? Yeah. Now? And we can listen to it I'll again. get a balloon. Yeah, I'm going to pause recording. Right. All right. Quill has returned. With, with the two-week-old secret sound. And the clue again. Thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening. Me. Give it a go. <laughs> Alright, now here it is. Here it is again. Are we ready? Yep. Do it nice and close to the microphone so that so the people can hear. Beautiful. And Quill, what do we call that amazing device? We call that beautiful thing a thunder drum. Thunder drum. Yes. There it is. It is in fact a thunder drum. We use it in all our sound workshops. Mm -hmm. It's a great little device. We can talk about how it creates sound, which mm -hmm. is obviously through vibrations that travel up its metal string and into its drum kind of shape. Yep. Um, but it's a bit of a tricky one. It's a tricky one because if you've never seen one before, you probably wouldn't know. Yeah. And before I worked here, I'd never seen one either. So Neither did I. Yeah. So <laughs> now we know. Anyway, so we have a new secret sound, which we'd like to... <laughs> You'll never <laughs> guess what this one is. <laughs> of a new secret sound. But the good news, Quill, there yep. is extremely good news, which is that our prize that we offered for getting the secret sound mm -hmm. now rolls over. Jackpots. Just like a meat raffle. Yeah. So it's going to be a jackpot. So whatever the prize was previously. You'll get that one. Plus. Plus whatever prize. we decide the new one is going yep. to be. So we're just going to randomly raid our physics shop, which is yep. filled with awesome science toys. Yep. And put a little prize pool together. So yes. if you can guess this sound, yep. let us know. 
And you'll get the Impossible Thunderdome jackpot plus this week's jackpot. Yes, and you can let us know through either emailing us at twist at physicseducation.com.au. That's F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S, education.com.au. Or comment on our Facebook post that we'll put up for this episode. Fantastic. All right. Are Quill, you ready? secret sound, go. Amazing. Now, that one, I know what it is. I know what it is. Do you know what it is, dear listener? Mm. If you do, don't forget to let us know. Let us know. Yeah. And you might hit the jackpot with some awesome science toys. Woohoo! All right, Woo-hoo. so I think that's a wrap on Physics Twist for this week, Quill. Would you agree? I think it's time. Great. Thank you for joining us, dear listener. Thank you, Quill. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. And um, as always, don't forget that you can meet the wonderful people of physics at your school, vacation centre or birthday party. Just go to physicseducation.com.au. That's F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S, education.com.au. Please send us a little review or rating on iTunes. We do, much, we do very much enjoy those, so thank you very much for that. Uh, Quill, what's your favourite number? Number five. Five stars, five hands up, pendidactyl limb like a feather slash dinosaur. Wow. That's five. That's a lot of fives. That's a lot more info than I was expecting. (laughs) Cool. Anyway, so we'll be back next week. Otherwise, if you need some more physics um, education content, you can listen to the Physics Education Podcast hosted by the lovely Ben Newsom. He's a great guy. He is. Awesome boss. Awesome podcast. Yeah. All right. Catch you next week. See you later, guys.